The great day of the Lord is near, near and hastening with us. In the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, today's gospel comes right before there is a plot to kill Jesus. His placement is among three other parables that are ominous in nature. They're hard to read, sometimes even difficult to understand. And often, some of the characters don't really end up in a good place. Like being cast out to where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, they're cast into the outer darkness. And some are even punished in eternal fire. These foreboding parables, remember they are parables, short stories used by Jesus to teach. They are parables and they tell us what is expected. And in this, in this particular parable, the expectation is we are to be ready. This particular gospel refuses to let us think that the Christian life equals passivity or apathy. So I'll ask you, what does it look like to be a disciple in waiting? One who waits. How in the world are we to live while waiting? Well, Matthew is very clear about this. In his gospel, faithfulness is emulating the ministry of Jesus. Jesus has announced the arrival of God's kingdom by feeding the hungry, curing the sick, blessing the meek, and serving the least. In a nutshell, being like Jesus is loving God and loving our neighbor. Being faithful to what God has given you what he has entrusted you to. Today's parable reinforces this. Sometimes the media parables are unclear. However, today's parable's meaning is pretty clear. Those who did more with their talents than just bury them are praised. The one who buried his talent is cast into outer darkness, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. So rather than take the easy way out as a preacher and say, which one would you like to be? Or which one should you be? I would ask another question instead. What does it look like for you to be like the one who did more with what was given to him? And this is where it all boils down for me to this one word that can be so polarizing in churches. Stewardship. And I'm not talking about prosperity gospel stewardship. 
The belief that you, if you are given something, if you do the right thing with it, you will have more and more and more, and God's blessings will pour rain down on you? No. Not at all. What I am talking about is stewarding and being faithful to what God has already given to you. Taking care of what you have already. Looking for ways to bless others and love God with what you already have. Instead of waiting for something more to come. And then, and then I will give myself or my resources. So in this period of waiting, and I like to think of waiting time as another way of saying, while living your life, that is what we are doing while waiting. Do the things that get you ready for his coming. Move about the world with intention. Look for ways to engage yourself with others. Orient your life in a way that also includes coming to church and worshiping God. Offer your life in service to God and your neighbor. Step out in all of the discomfort and messiness, not knowing what will come about, but trusting that something will come about. You have landed in a place that does not do church by autopilot. We don't settle for boredom here or lifelessness. I believe, as your priest, that the Christian life is about preparing for what's to come. We know that death is on its way, but until it does, we will live. And we will live with intention and purpose, all the while emulating Jesus. Well, this week, I had the privilege to sit in on a conversation about what thriving church congregations look like. This is always of interest to me. My ears perk up because I want to know, what does a thriving church look like these days? What does a community of people who are gathered on a journey of faith look like? when they are thriving, and when they are happy. There are a few characteristics that are consistent in these thriving churches. The first, in every single situation, interestingly enough, is this. These thriving congregations move about with intention and purpose. They have a vision, they know what they stand for, and they move about the world with that front and center in their minds. The second characteristics. They are composed of people who continually say yes. No is in their vocabulary, yes. But that word, yes, rises up to the surface again and again. Why? 
because they see their lives as opportunities to make life better for others. They don't wait thinking that life will come their way. They make their way to opportunities to engage life in meaningful ways with purpose and with intention. It is my belief when you have a community of people, a church, for instance, in a stance of readiness, when opportunities for service and connection come, those opportunities aren't put on the back burner, discarded or ignored because they are too hard or too much work. Instead, they are greeted not shoot away, they are welcomed with openness and curiosity, often guided by the idea of how might I engage this in a meaningful way? Let's be curious about that. I just think that's a really nice way to move about life anyhow, is just being curious about things. It's making room for that which is unexpected. I like to think of it as sometimes things just fall out of the sky. Do you know what I'm talking about? You didn't seek after it. It just kind of came to you. That's making room for that which was unexpected. And with that, I think, in response to that, it's offering it something more than just the bare minimum. It's trusting and believing that life is grounded in more than just mindlessly going from one thing to another. Life is meant for engagement and purpose, not letting life just happen to you. So for me, it starts first thing in the morning. My poor dad knows this all too well. Really, really early in the morning, the coffee starts. And when he's with me, he sleeps on the couch in the living room, which is right next to the kitchen, so he hears it. It goes off. But it is in that first cup of coffee, for me anyways, I don't gulp it down. It's savored and enjoyed, it's ritual, and it is my entryway to meet God every morning. There's another lady here at Grace. Each time she goes to the grocery store, she picks up a few more items to put into the baskets of the narthex, which during the week will go to the blessing box. She does this, maybe not every week, but enough where it is a ritual for her. She's making purpose and meaning. And I would be remiss for all of us in the difficult and rewarding season of raising children who sacrifice and love oftentimes goes unnoticed. Because we help with homework, we make lunches and dinners. 
through your mind again and again to brush your teeth. Is that the only set you have? It's ritual for a lot of us parents. I could go on and on. But all of this points to something, and that is being faithful to what God has already given you. Stewarding what you have well. Stewarding not only your resources and money well, but at a much deeper level, is stewarding your life well. Engaging your life with meaning. Your life with purpose. And if you call yourself a disciple of Jesus, emulating your life after this man that you call Savior. Trusting that there will be enough that life will be better and richer because you engage just a little bit more. Gave of yourself in any way. Gave away more. Kept less. I'm convinced the way of Jesus really isn't about doing the most profound and the biggest and best things. The way of Jesus is being faithful to what he has called you to now. Being ready. Engaging your life. Whatever it is for you, and only you know that. I do hope that there is a stirring in your spirit. You know what it is. I hope you will be curious about it. Not just let it be a fleeting thought, but give you intention to move on it. To say yes to it. Because we always want to be in a state of preparing and being ready for whatever and whoever God brings to us. Every visitor to grace, I hope I have said these words to you. You come to grace. You are welcome here. And I am always surprised by who God sends to grace. But you are important. You are seen. And you are loved. And what I hope more than anything is for grace to be a place where we engage with one another, where we can be safe and questions asked, where we are in a constant state of asking, how, God, can we enter into the work you are doing? How? Use us. If we ask that question, this place must be filled with people who say yes. Whatever and whoever, you're welcome here. I'm convinced that what we practice grows stronger within ourselves. 
I like to see it as these different rituals of our bodies, those things that we can't live without. So we practice them. Before you know it, you're doing them without even thinking, because they're a part of you. Grace Church is one in which we practice. We practice loving God, and we practice loving one another again and again. Because we believe when we do it together, this place becomes a beautiful palette by which to watch the kingdom of God unfold. Kingdom which all have been invited to. Let us say yes. <laughs>